Hello and welcome to the first ever What the Football podcast, where we pride ourselves yes. on, on our passionate, detailed and sometimes irreverent views on the world game, with a primary focus on the English Premier League. My name is Patrick Gilbert, and between my four co-hosts and I, we can claim Follow the Sun coverage as we span three continents and two hemispheres with two Australians, two South Africans, one Texan, bringing you a truly diverse viewpoint. Let's start with my Australian counterpart, the consummate and sometimes controversial Liverpool man, our very own Con for Real, the man known as Conal Taylor. How are you, Con? Yeah, welcome, mm. Pat. How are you? Good yeah. to be on. Unfortunately, having to look at you mugs every morning is not going to be a joy that brings me satisfaction. <laughs> but nothing will bring me happiness. Yes. Like watching and seeing the mighty pool play every week. Come on, you Reds. Oh, dear. Come on. Dear. And, and that's a good point, Con. Our listeners will have to realise that the Aussie contingent are holding up the fort once again, being the ones getting up before 6am to uh, to record this podcast over three time zones. So We've got to cater for the world, Pat, as always. We do, mate. We do. So moving west across the Indian Ocean, we have our feisty friends in South Africa, the odd couple affectionately known as Dan and Dibs. Sounds like a sitcom, doesn't it? It probably should be. Starring Manchester United apologist Dan Haswell and Chelsea wise guy Mike Dibbon. How are you guys? Thanks very much, Pat. Very professional intros. <laughs> How are you, Dibs? Little are you okay? Definitely, Dan. Dan's not going to be very enlightened with all of his knowledge. Oh, it started. Little enlightened. Little and large, they call us, mate. He's little, I'm large. <laughs> there he is. Moving right Lots along. Evil and Moving right along, further west and up north a fair bit, living in Trump territory, is Texas-based Jared Southern, who is unfortunately also a Liverpool supporter, but seems to get away with it, that in the USA. How are you, Jared? I'm very well, thank you, Pat. Your, your introduction almost made this sound professional. Pretty good, pretty good. That, that's, that's my and intent. A little bit loosely, you, you use the term Texan a little bit loosely there, mate. I'm still South African. Um, I'm, I'm what they really want as, you. Well, I'm a formerly known as what what they call African American. So you, em- you emigrated <laughs> from a, you emigrated from a shithole, son. We don't want I you. I did. I came from a shithole to a shithole. Well, as we, Ooh. as you'll find out in this podcast, we'll never let a good story get in the way of the truth. And for the record, for the record, I am an Arsenal supporter, so I will obviously try to add a bit of class and sophistication to the proceedings on this podcast. Ooh, coming up, um, yep, I'm sure everyone agrees can, with we, me on yeah, that we, one. We, we can see your finger out, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as mentioned earlier, we will primarily focus on the English Premier League, but we will also cast our gaze to other important happenings in football from time to time. And as we've just finished a week of European football. We will start off with a segment called What the Football Just Happened in Europe. So guys, we had a few games. We had the late win of Real Madrid over PSG, helped by the knee of God. We had Liverpool's 5-0 hammering over Porto and Manchester City's 4-0 dismissal of FC Basel and Juventus letting the most dangerous lead in football 2-0 slip to draw at home to the greatest Tottenham Hotspur. So what caught your eye, guys? Who wants to kick it off? I think you've no. said it there, Pat. You rather rather always have a one 0 lead. Just don't get that second goal. No, it's suicide. Yeah, it's Desperately, biggest... 
It's become suicide. the biggest cliche in football, football hasn't suicide. it? It's the best cliche of them all. <laughs> Tune all up. Tune all up. Fuck it up. Yeah. And playing against 10 men is the hardest. So what you must never <laughs> do is be tuning up against 10 men. Because right. then you are stuffed. Then you are stuffed. So, so the, and the thing is, the thing is that you will uh, lose you, you've missed the penalty two. too. So uh, it was all it cost them the grain. It was never going to work. They're the real losers. Played against, you know, you miss a penalty, you tunnel up, and then you and you let lead like that slip at home too. So now you got to go away from home, and it's all uphill from there. Yeah. So so how, how did know, how, how did they let it slip? How did they let it slip? Who watched it? What? Well, let's be honest. We were, myself and Con were focused on the on the, the LFC game. Um, I know, I know, it was a day later, but you know, I, I save I save my my one my one PM viewing for you know for the match that really count. You know, I risk my job once a week. Okay, so job? that's not from sitting in the car park in the car looking at the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, we will get to well, Liverpool's I mean, game, but did did uh, did anyone actually watch the Juventus game? I actually didn't. I did actually. Yeah, had had a look. Oh, there we go. We've got one expert. Exactly. So yeah. we've got one. So what one happened? Analyzed it. I think uh, the first half it was Spurs seemed to start off pretty slowly, and I'm going to use another cliche, but sort of like a deer in headlights. They were, didn't really get going. The Juventus started really quick. Able to create Strike. a couple of chances and two get two Strike goals one early for early Taylor. On. That's one. How many yeah, one. sessions? Yeah, you, if, 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 if you get three, you pull Mercer, eh? <laughs> Actually, it's just the yellow and then you don't have to. You only get a red and <laughs> And then, or Danny talking out your Higginbottom. Mm. Yeah. There was a classic Juve start, though. It was. It really was. They caught them really quickly and actually pressed Spurs up at their own game. Before they knew it, they were 2-0 down. Second half, completely different, though. Spurs actually looked a far better team. And um, they got their just rewards. I think overall it was a fair result. But I can't I'm see... Su- uh, I'm surprised by the Italian teams, though, man. Hey, kind of like, like, you, you watch Italian Serie A, because I've got a friend here who I coach with who's a Juventus fan. So I'm often at his house and he's got the Serie A on. If you watch a Serie A game, you and nine times out of ten you want to fall asleep. It's so technical. Oh. It's so it's so defensive. Everyone yeah, plays a three-five-two. It's it's you know most results in one-one, two-one, one-nil. Even the Juve game, you know, even they got you know they're, they're by far the best team in Serie A. They got the best players that they've had for the last six six years ever since they were found out for cheating and they came back into the league. So, you know, when you watch them play against them, especially the English teams, the teams that, especially like Spurs, who like to press and who, who play, who, you know, who defend high and they have that, that high press going on and Pochettino really has Spurs playing well. I'm surprised at how well Juve actually do because, I mean, they've, in the last, what, three or four years, they've been in two finals. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's not much competition in Serie A. And then, and then yet in Europe, they, they you know, they, they do well. And they were... They were with the shot at last year's final until Sergio Ramos decided to pull his vagina out and fall over. We, <laughs> as one does. So. But yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. see, I don't see Juve actually making it, like going all the way this year. I think they've no. had their time, but not this time. 
I think Spurs will put I, I, them I, out. I think losing Pogba, although he, isn't, he hasn't become the world beater at United that we all thought he would be. Uh, losing Danny Alves. I mean, Danny Alves, really, I mean... Sure, can't imagine how different it would have been if, if uh, Hicks and Gillette had given Liverpool the funds to acquire Danny Alves when him and Rafa had agreed terms. Yeah. So, Please, you know, is this Liverpool yeah. fans giving us history lessons again? Yeah, we go. <laughs> exactly, yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of Liverpool, yeah, did, uh, did we want to touch upon their final hammering of Porto? Of course we want to touch on it. Of course we do. We're waiting for you to get over this bloody Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> fake, fake, fake news. Yeah, we 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 we're waiting for Dan to tell us that it wasn't, you know, nah, beating Porto at home is nothing. Tell us, there's, there's, tell us, Dan. Tell us, Porto. There's, 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 there's in in the Portuguese league. There's championship teams with better with bigger budgets than Porto. They're selling right. their players to Wolves. Well, the, Porto budget the budget doesn't always mean anything. Let's, let's be honest. The pound is always going to be stronger than the euro, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Ask the, ask the Brexit boys. I don't know about. It. I'm not. Well, look, you, you, you look at you look at Porto's home form in the last 25 games. They hadn't lost anything. The first, in the Portuguese first league. First, first home. Well, still. You look, you look at the English Premier League. You, Liverpool play West Brom at home in the FA Cup. And lose the game. You, What's Basel's you know, football? In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, talking exactly. about talking about. I mean, no, and, and the I, five I, and the five at the end of the day, the 5-0 you know, if you'd watched the first 20 minutes, Liverpool could have been one nil down. 100%. So it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't completely plain sailing. The first goal was a bit fortuitous, you know. Their keeper had a Simon, a Simon Mignolet moment and the ball squeezed underneath him and it, it kind of knocked the wind out of their sails. Defensively, he, they looked horrendous. They oh, just they didn't have an idea. And, and then they came out in the second half, they were 2 nil down, they came out trying to press Liverpool, trying to get, trying to hit us. And, try, and trying to attack, trying to get that goal back. And then if, if you play Liverpool and you try to get in their half and you leave your defenders exposed with space, and Salah, Mane, Roberto Firmino, yeah, I mean, that, listen, yeah. Firmino has got to be one of the best technical players in Europe at the moment. Well, that's a claim. It's a big claim. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a big claim. It is a big claim, but if you watch it's him... It's a pretty watch, accurate claim. You, you, you watch no, some no, of this. No, no, no. You watch some. Te- Technicals are very funny, big term too. Whenever Liverpool supporters talk about Firmino, the supporters who actually probably don't watch him have a yeah. lot to say. Firmino is, is such an enigma. He's split 50 50. Some Liverpool fans can't, don't understand what the hype is about. Half of us are like, how can you not see what he's about? He's, he's actually he's probably the most important player in our team. Yeah, I agree. No, he's crucial for Liverpool. He's crucial for Liverpool. That's, that's for certain. I mean, I mean especially, especially the way he. I, I, I just look at some of the goals we've scored over the season. That, that some of the assists and some of the things he's done. His second assist. That 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 West Ham game. Did he? I mean, that goal when when West when we were two one two one up and Liverpool loved giving away a lead. I mean, that turn he got on on that long ball is absolutely yeah. fucking, fucking incredible. His technical. He makes football look easy. He honestly looks like he's taking the piss every time he plays. He's like he couldn't care. He's out there just having. Calm a... down. Calm know, down. Don't, don't forget Calm to down. cradle the balls as well. You don't, you don't neglect them. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I just say, I just say one thing on the Liverpool game that uh, that um, Jazz didn't cover off. But there were two critical moments for me in that game that altered because I think the first 20 minutes were very even. Mm. And if anything, Porto were probably on top. For, for sure, definitely. 20. 
But the 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 first tackle by Lovren, I think in the eighth exactly. minute against I was Octavio, we were one 0 down. I don't even know how. Lovren did something useful for once, and that was one 0 That changes the game straight away. Whoever gets that first goal. And hey, can, right I say, can I say something controversial? Just 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 interrupt. Five out of six games, Lovren is absolutely brilliant. So carry on. <laughs> Wow, this is a controversial start to this podcast. Anyway, I'm not, five, out of, I'm, five out of six games is brilliant. And I'm not sure we're going to have any credibility moving forward now. That, that, yeah. If you watch six games. <laughs> so, so I'm, although Jared, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the press that uh, Porto had because I was watching that one and and they sort of started off with a. Uh, uh, like a four-one-three-two style formation yeah. against you guys, and press with the strikers, which was very reminiscent of uh, another game I watched this week, which was Newcastle versus Manchester United, which we're going to get to in a, in a second. And then that seemed, oh, John Joe, yeah, and that seemed to work very well against the uh, against Manchester United, and it started off well against Liverpool. And uh, and what formation were you guys playing? It was was it a uh, was it a? It was. It was. It was a typical four-three-three. I, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and and, this, uh, and you know, you know, who surprised me was was our midfield. Henderson was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Uh, Milner, no. <laughs> Milner, and and and, and, G, and, G, and, G, and Gigi Wijnaldum probably was the best of the three. Did anyone just watch? Did anyone just watch Rochdale? On that formation, it was more of a four-two-three-one with the way we. Did anyone just? Did anyone just watch Rochdale? Draw with Spurs. We we sure did. Because Rochdale drew with Spurs. Rochdale's Rochdale's captain is Henderson. He's the best Henderson. He's the good Henderson. He's the good Henderson. Look at him. Look at him trying to stay relevant because this team is keeping him asleep. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, do we do we want to even talk about uh, the the knee of God of the the knee of Cristiano Ronaldo? Having a late win over PSG because I'd imagine that would be pretty sweet for Rio. I think so. Watch the PSG Listen, game. I think I, I think uh, Zidane is fighting for his life. So that three-one yeah. win, especially especially going one 0 down. Yeah, well, the this funny is... part is how the hell Real Madrid actually won that game because PSG it's crazy, was that dominant throughout. They were. Yeah, PSG were all over. Una Emery is one of the freaking shittest coaches. I'm sorry, but he has no right to Gosh. He's rubbish, mate. He's absolute rubbish. There's not even two ways about it. The man should be sacked. What's a fantastic well, game? Hey, Con, he's going to be sacked as soon as Conte sacked. PSG Madrid was a fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. game. Give it time. Give it time. It was difficult to watch because it was it was during massive uh, political happenings. Yeah, so of course our South African president Jacob Zuma was resigning at sort of the same time the game was on. So we were sort of switching in between. So Jay Z, you're watching your second team Liverpool at the same time too. So I was trying to watching PSG Madrid, but Jay Z lost Jay Z lost his job and Zizi kept his job. Kept his job. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Zidane's not going to see the end of the season. If Zidane lost that one, he was gone. Well, is he, if, if he's, he, he's not going to see the end of the season because Madrid, they're not going to win La Liga. Barcelona are running away with it like City are. I mean, the two of them are skipping into the sunset, celebrating league titles before the end of February. 
Yeah, there, there were there were two things yeah. I noticed. There were two two things I noticed towards the end or at the end of the game. One was a lot of a lot of uh, shirt pointing, badge kissing by the Real Madrid players. I'm wondering what significance uh, yeah. that has. Whether or not they always do it, or whether or not they're showing their uh, support for ZZ. Um, and the other thing was that uh, Neymar basically walked straight off the pitch, like a lot of the other players were saying their hellos and everything and goodbyes. You know how players do these days. And is that a sign that, even though he did play for Barca, is that a sign that it's a, there's a bit of bad blood between the uh, the Spanish league and uh, and and uh, Neymar actually leaving to go to PSG? Yeah, I Neymar's think a bit a awkward. Madonna. I think a bit awkward for the boy Neymar. Because, of course, he's gone, he's gone to PSG to become... World Player of the Year, whatever, and it's it's not happening. Hmm. It'll be a bit well, awkward for him to congratulate his new teammates too, because you know he's going to go to Madrid. Yeah, he's more than lucky to go to Madrid, <laughs> being honest. Yeah. So it'll be a bit awkward for him to congratulate his new teammates on the win, you know, because that's the probably that's probably where he's going to end up. Seen, has anybody actually been seeing Neymar's antics over the last few weeks? In in he is such a spoiled brat. He's putting a boots on his head after celebrating. He's taking his birthday off. They gave him a week off. On his... It's a freaking joke. The guy's a bloody prima donna. But you've heard of first here. Neymar to Real Madrid coming up shortly. Yeah, you did. Okay, moving along to our WTF game deep dive this week, which was Newcastle hosting Manchester United. Into our analysis, let's hear from the managers. You know, I think uh, I think first of all that uh, Newcastle United players and obviously stuff uh, they gave what they have and what they don't have, and I think that's a beautiful thing in uh, in football. I think they they come here today um, to fight for a point. But they found themselves in a position of uh, being winning one nil, and in that moment, I think they they went over all the limits of the effort, of the sacrifice, of everything a manager likes to see in his team. I saw that in in my team after the one nil. I, I I saw that in my team that desire to play and to try and to go until the last second, which we did. Um, I can imagine that Benitez is more than pleased with the effort of his players. Were they lucky? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. But sometimes you attract that lucky with your state of mind. And uh, after the 1-0, I think Newcastle players... They fought for their lives. Is that your, your biggest win as a Newcastle boss? Hopefully not. Hopefully we will have better wins than this one. But if you want to ask for something, ask for something more. No, really a great game against a, a very good team, a top side that everybody knows how good they are. And uh, what we did, therefore, the, the way that uh, we were playing, every player giving everything was fantastic. And then to do it in front of our fans, even better, because um, we're so close in so many games that uh, it was a pity not to win. And today, 
uh, we did well. Still, we were a little bit lucky uh, at the end. But uh, I think that the team deserved uh, three points in any of these games. And if it's this one, even better. I mean, before the game, everyone was asking you, <coughs> will you part the bus? But you showed there that there's, there's more to this team than just... You have to no, I don't, I don't think that... When we play normally, we don't we don't defend and defend and that's it. We try to attack or to counter attack, but it depends on the other teams. In this case, from the beginning, we were pushing and we were challenging for every single ball, and we were doing well. That is uh, the positive thing that allows you to attack and to sustain the attacks. After the last minute, we tried to defend and then to play counter attack. So, and we did more or less well. And I will say again that. So many games that we deserve to win, we were very close, and this one against a top side, even better because uh, at this time it's a boost for everyone and uh, it keeps the, the belief that we can win against any team. Okay, so guys, yeah. what, did, what did we think about the game Go ourselves? On Go on, you, John Joe. John Josh probably loves it, loves the win against United, doesn't he? You know what I just love about that game is that it's actually given us it's given us at least fifteen seconds of not not having to hear Daniel's voice. <laughs> it's gone rather quiet. Hasn't it? <laughs> well, let's uh, let, let's uh, look, let's have a quick look at it. So, so Newcastle started off with what I'll call a most people call a four four two, but I I, I call a four two two two. Because they, they really held, played with two holding midfielders there in Shelby and Diami. Um, and and let's be honest, they were incredible. Shelby and Diami were. Mate. They probably, they probably had the game of their season. They did. And, and Shelby, yeah, I mean, Shelby was unbelievable. Every few games I watch with Shelby, well, he is talk, unbelievable. Um, and then he's. But this, talk of Shelby, but this talk of Shelby going to the World Cup, that's, that's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, listen, listen. Shelby, Shelby turns up for United game, and that's about it. You know, Shelby and Henderson, Shelby and Henderson in the midfield for England at the World Cup. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, well, Dan, if you Can look, if you look at it, I was, I was watching. Well, Shelby would come up against players of the caliber of Pogba in the World Cup, and he, he, he basically roasted yeah, Pogba. He killed, killed he him. Pogba, so, Pogba, Pogba. So why, why wouldn't you have Shelby this, in there? Because he's rubbish. That's a fair shout. First up, rubbish. Yeah. Is it just inconsistency? On what the football? Oh, he has, no, he has no, one it's... good game every now, every now and then. But I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I, I, I took a, I took a shit like an hour ago that had more talent than John Joe Shelby actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, listen, listen. I'd, I'd rather have John Joe Shelby than Danny Drinkwater. Let's be honest. Oh, fuck. What are you going to do? <laughs> he's, he's not on the plane. We're buying them all. No, he's <laughs> but, 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 Dan, make a case for Pogba. Well, that's a strange... Listen, as, a, as an outsider, you, you see him at Juventus. He scores his bangers. He takes a Serie A by storm. He's got, he plays for the French team. He's a strong runner from midfield. He, he bashes forward. Absolutely demon on the ball. Put him in an outer team. He shits the bed every second weekend. You're, you are mad. And, You're absolutely and other, mad. And other than the media hype, you know, what, what are we seeing from yes. Pogba? The media hype? Yeah. Because uh, on American shores, holy shit. You, poor Pogba plays a five-yard square pass and it's, it's, the, it's the move of the game. You're talking about Henderson. Poor, poor Pogba assists <laughs> the goal and it's, 
and it is the and is the turning point of the whole game. I d- didn't have a good so, game. He he clearly wasn't right. They said he went off during the warm up. Um, so and now he hasn't played. Prob- he hasn't played. Because him and Mourinho had a uh, spat what, a couple of uh, weeks uh, ago. That's rubbish. Is that rubbish? So there's no falling out between the two of them, Dan. It's a professional environment. <laughs> guys can have a go. Guys can have a go at yeah. each other. You get on. You get on with it. All that. Play all that. Falling out with Jose Mourinho, surely not. Yeah, that, that, that's unheard, unheard of. Uh, no, unheard of. Because you, you, read, you read what Pogba says in the media. He's like, he enjoys getting forward. Yet, we all know that Jose Mourinho isn't known for his attacking yeah. style of football, what it, right? That was my issue with the Sanchez signing, is that Pogba's most effective in that, that left pocket there. And that's, of course, where Sanchez cuts in. From the left, so now Sanchez has taken up that space, which obviously means Pogba doesn't have that space to run into. He's got to somehow figure out how he's going to go beyond that, or around it, or whatever. Uh, and they haven't worked that out yet. Obviously, with Sanchez coming in so soon, um, and I don't get it because United's best game was a couple of weeks ago against Everton, where United had Matic and Herrera. And Pogba was pushed forward into that hole. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. actually after that game we, we mentioned on the media, we, on, on, yeah, on American TV. I don't know if it was, if it was on BBC or if it was on Sky, but he, he, he was asked, I think it was by Arlo White or Graham Lissot or Lee Dixon, one of the three. And he says he enjoys getting, because he had ex, probably had one of his best games in the United Church, and he said, you know, I enjoy yeah. getting forward. I, I enjoy being more attacking and defensive-minded. And as soon as he said that, you, you know, you're looking at, a Jose Mourinho team and you're like man you know anything but defensive is something you don't really see especially from a midfield player especially gonna, from his midfield too you're only going to get the best out of Pogba if he plays in a free roaming camp position he needs the freedom to be able to go around and create you know create stuff rather than just yeah. sitting in a defensive position because admittedly he's not that good at defense no but the thing is if you've got Matic why do you need both of them to sit exactly it doesn't make no, sense. I, agree. I think I think Matic and Herrera would be would be perfect behind Pogba because Matic is the brick wall. Herrera can run around him like a little Spaniard, and then Pogba can go crazy up front. Yeah, I and think again, the problem there is Mourinho wants to fit in Lukaku, Sanchez, Martial, and Lingard. So then that's the other issue. Yeah, so, yeah someone's got to sit away. So, you know, you can't play everyone. Yeah, just, 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 yeah. To, just, just for those at home, so, so Man United started off with a, you'd pull it a 4-2-3-1, Dan. And we're talking about Pogba and uh, Matic sitting a bit deeper, although Pogba did roam a bit further forward during the game. And they had Alexis Sanchez on the left, Lingard in the middle. Um, yeah, is yeah. It, is, it, is it fair to say that uh, Lingard's return to form has almost been bad timing for Man United? Because I think that the intention was always uh, to put uh, San- Sanchez or Pogba in that attacking mid position, and now they're they're trying to figure out what they do with the... Abundance of riches now. No, no ways. Lingard's Lingard's performances this season have been a breath of fresh air, really. Um, and we're talking about players in the England squad. He's got to be there. He's got to be there. That's the type of player that England have to take to the World Cup, whether he starts or whether they bring him on. Because because he just he just plays. He's not worried about taking a player on and losing the ball. He's taking chances. He's making things happen. Um, 
Yeah, I don't like the I don't like this, you know, the rigid calling out of formations. They play four one, but unfortunately with with Mourinho's system as it is, it just seems like that. It's 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 very rigid. Um and as and as as is quite evident, Pogba's boxed in. Um and it's it's not it's not suiting him. The only time United come alive is in exactly when Lingard does that. When Lingard goes off to the right or the left and he creates an overload somewhere. Um that's that's what I like to see. Um but it doesn't happen often enough for me anyway. And will it will it with Jose? Probably not. So then United are United. Are you a Jose fan, Dan? Actually I like him as a manager. I think you know do you the like answer him, to do, that. Do, do, you like him, do you like him because he wins trophies? I think the or public like would like to know. Well, I think maybe we can save that for a bit of a question for Dan later on. Hey, let's let us let us <laughs> let's let's go through the game game a bit. So so as I mentioned, it was yeah, Newcastle yeah. Newcastle led two at the front, and they I was expecting a real dour effort by them to try and go for the draw. But but listen, when I watched, it, I was going, wow, these guys are going for it. They were pressing high up, um, and. And uh, Gale and uh, Perez were really working hard. They're pressing the United defence. The the midfield are pushing up to a bit of a team press, which you just can't have the two forwards running around pressing. You need you need the midfield to come up and press, and they were doing it really well. And they had a lot of the possession that first half. Could have had a penalty. Yeah. Probably should have had a penalty in the 38th minute. Clear foul by Smalling yeah. on Gale, and. Uh, and I was, yeah, we, we've mentioned Pogba. I was surprised at how bad he looked. He, he, I mean, I'm a bit of a Pogba defender. I love him, even though I'm not an, even though I'm an Arsenal supporter. But, gee, he was looking really poor. And uh, and Anthony Martial, I mean, this the veteran, his 200th game, apparently. Can you believe he's played 200 games for Manchester United? 200. Uh, and he's Jesus. only... I didn't even realise that. He's only 23. How many of those off the bench? Though? Yeah, exactly. You know, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Liverpool fan, you know, that, that's one player I would take from United in my heart. Oh, 100%. I'd take my I think, I think, I think he would suit. I think he would suit Jurgen Klopp. Oh, man. You put you put Anthony Martial... Okay. With his work rate. The, but that front three... Well, listen, but... It's not a hard work. He, he gets... He gets away with it at United. You wouldn't get away with that at Liverpool. It's a different club. They have different ethos now. You know, United has become more of a a glamour club. Sorry, Dan, but it, they have. You know, Let, let's be honest. Some of the players you have in United who get away with what they get away with, they would never get away with that under Sir Alex. He would. Ship, he would have shipped you. Off, he would have shipped you off long. What are you, what are you no, talking, talking about? about? I'm talking about passengers, who? players that players that are well, there. Marshall Jones, Chris Smalling. You're absolutely meant. Lukaku scored 20 goals in his first ah, season. Man. Take a seat. 20 20. What's, what's he done? 20 tap-ins against who? What? Relegation goals are... And did you, sign, did you sign Lukaku for 75 million to come on and score against the Minos? Because he does nothing in the games that actually matter when it comes to the rivals in the well, so you t- so he only scores against the other fourteen teams. I'm I'll just take that. Because then, because then maybe some of the other Oaks should stand up if he's scoring twenty goals. Who else is getting the goals? It's a, it's it's a legit uh, question. Martial's not not consistent enough. Granted, he can be sublime. He, uh, I mean, he but, can. But was, but you you you, you, you ha- touched on it earlier. A rigid formation from Jose. You know, do these players have the freedom yeah. to do? To, to do this yeah. kind of stuff. If if Martial tries to take on players, does he get shat on if he misses 
if, if he misses a beat, loses the ball. You know, we don't know what goes on in the dressing room. Do, do, do these players have the freedom to do do this kind of stuff? And no, he's, he's, in, he's encouraged to take on players. You, you can see that. It's just, it's. I mean, is Luke Shaw is Luke Shaw encouraged to get down the left flank? Shit, doesn't look like. Jeez. I think I don't Luke Shaw encouraged to get out of the out of the medical room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, on, that, on that Newcastle game, though, I mean, we can, oh, yeah, we can analyze it all we want and mock Pogba and say all that sort of stuff. But you know, as much as I hate United, I thought they, my God, on another day they would have probably won that game about six or seven with the amount of chances that they missed. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. That were just absolutely shanked on the day. Well, yeah, they've got to keep on debuts, play the blinder. Uh, but this is the problem with United, and it's it's been since Ferguson left. And I won't I won't I won't even mention the manager who replaced Ferguson because then we go down another street. <laughs> but what a man! The yeah, centre backs that, that's Hazel Avenue. We won't, we won't go down the cent, the centre backs are absolutely garbage. So you cannot play football like that because at yeah, any time when you when you lose the ball, you can concede. And this teams know this; it's not a secret. So play a poacher, play another striker, and you're going to get a chance against Man United. And if they don't, if they're having an off day up front, or if your keeper's playing a blind, you're going to get chances. Smalling's going to trip somebody. Jones is going or to himself. Yeah. I must give a shout out to Chris Smalling for that uh, beautiful. Time. The commentator said, "I don't know if it was that game or the one before." He's 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 getting a lot more comfortable with the ball in the on his feet. What the hell's he's doing on a football pitch then? <laughs> if he's not comfortable with the ball in it. Crisis! I'm listening. I'm saying crisis. What is he doing there? You know, he, he makes he makes David Luiz look like a seasoned professional. So this has been David the Luiz is a seasoned this is professional. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Moyes got thrown into it. Ferdinand was already past it by a couple of seasons. Smalling and Jones were probably worse then than they are now, and United just haven't replaced him. So Mourinho has finally tried with Bayou. Yes, he's been injured. Lindelof was. <laughs> 30 odd million play the boy cheapers yeah I'll tell you what I think Jones is actually a bigger problem than Smalling I take Jones I can't handle Smalling I can't handle it anymore I think uh, I'm sorry any team could play play a snow globe up front and it would distract Jones (laughs) 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 and our time is up and Phil Jones staring at a snow cone seems like a great way to finish our first ever podcast I hope you enjoyed our show You can follow us on Twitter at WT underscore football. That's WT underscore football, where we will keep you up to date with the latest news and podcast releases from us. We also love hearing feedback from listeners, so perhaps leave us a comment or two there. We will be back next week with another look at the EPL, along with the launch of some new segments. So for now, goodbye, take care, and we look forward to having your company next week on What the Football. What the fuck? Football.